Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're talking about courage, so we hope it's helpful. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Wes. How are you? Good. How are you, man? Not bad. Uh, This morning, I'd like to talk about uh, with you what courage is. So some of us, uh, when we hear the word courage, it's something that we look up to. It's something that we all want. Um, and it's also something I think many of us want more of because I think it, it impacts the vast majority of the decisions we make. And something that's stood out to me about courage is it is not reckless and it's not self-serving. And it's almost always pointed at improving something outside of yourself. But it has to be a choice that you make. And it's something that is, that's empower, that powers you f- forward. So it's, um, it's a really actually, it's like, it's like a complicated thing that we all, we're able to identify it in people when we see it. And, but yet it's something that I think we are able to see it because it's not something that everybody does. It's something we desperately need a lot more of but it's really hard to do because by doing something courageous, we're, we're giving the opportunity to failure for failure, for loss, for rejection. So it is a really, it's a really scary thing, but you most likely uh, things that are scarier are definitely worth the time and effort and pain to go through to get that thing. So, that's kind of the outline that I had in my mind when thinking about what this topic is and what it means to me, what comes to mind for you when you hear courage? I think that the only way to be courageous, uh, I'll never forget a guy that coaches me. He told me, he asked me the question, like, what is, what does it look like? Or how do you cultivate courage? What does it look like to be courageous? And uh, I kind of stumbled around it for a second and I finally was like, uh, you know, I was having a hard time articulating. And he just said, you got to do stuff that scares you. Um, so there, there's an element, and you alluded to that, but we're not by definition being courageous if we're not pushing, pushing a little bit against our limits. We're, we're, we're pushing against our comfort zone, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, as you were talking, I Googled courage and the definition that came up was the ability to do something that frightens someone, you know, strength in the face of pain or grief. So this idea of doing something that scares you, um, but that, you know, not just to do it, to be scared, but I think, you know, when I think about courage, I think, um, I mean, I guess that's a part of it too. You know, I mean, it takes courage to just do anything that scares you, but I, I think in this context, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about being relationally healthy. We're talking about, um, growing and recovery. Courage in this context is, is doing anything that is scary, but that will lead to, to growth in some way, shape or form. And growth does require courage because what's comfortable is to stay where we are. 
And what's comfortable is to keep doing what we know to do, or what's comfortable is to give in to whatever impulse that our body is craving or wanting. What takes courage is to do is to go against the grain of our of our bias to go against the grain of our body and to do what we believe in our core and in our heart and in our mind is better. That requires courage. So off the top of my head, those are a few thoughts. I have a question I want to throw back at you. Um, you said that often courage is growing outside of self. It's, it's a, there's an element of it's growing, but outside of self. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think um, that we often look at people who are courageous and what those actions are. It's to benefit not only yourself, but others. So it's not just like, I'm doing what I want to do right now. It's I'm doing what is right. I'm doing what is right by me, what is right by others, what is right for my family, for my neighborhood. So it's... Cause if we were just focused on like, well, what, you know, what's best for me, sometimes what's best for me isn't courageous. Sometimes what's best for people, like, especially if we look at just historical figures, what was best, best, what we would call best for someone means that people wouldn't have sacrificed their lives to save their, to save the uh, fellow soldiers in war or, sacrifice their standing in society um, to improve something like um, Florence Nightingale revolutionized nursing. She had to have, she was, she came from wealth and she had the courage to stand to like lose that and then stand up against a bureaucracy and old ways of thinking about it to save lives. So that, that wasn't like if, you know, if, if I came from a really wealthy household where I didn't have to worry about money ever again and said, well, you can either go after this calling that you feel to improve the lives of people in another country. Um, you could lose all that or you could go do that thing and revolutionize the way that we look at healthcare. saves millions and millions of lives. That took courage from her. I think courage is being able to brave something or someone. Cause it's a hard, it's a challenging task or a challenging person. Um, and those don't always have to be negative, but sometimes they are. So it's, it's the only way that we are actually going to be courageous is be afraid. So that moment where you're like, well, I'm afraid all the time. That's a moment to be courageous. That's not like if you're afraid, it doesn't mean you can't be courageous. Everyone who's done something courageous is afraid. Yeah, we often kind of end these conversations on application, but I think the most basic application that we're going to continue to talk about through this, I'm, I'm assuming we don't do any prep on these, but like it's the antidote to, to fear is to press through it. Um, so I just want to keep highlighting what you're saying. Like if you want to cultivate courage or if you're struggling with fear, it's not avoiding it. It's actually being courageous again is acting in the face of fear is pressing through the fear because that that's the only way through it's, it's to be uncomfortable. You know, I love the metaphor uh, or not, it's not a metaphor, but an analogy of, of, uh, of courage and strength. You know, I was reading a while back in the built to lead book about 
about athletes, Chet was writing about how elite athletes, you know, I, I think of like, I watch the NBA a lot. So I just watched a great Cavs game last night. And um, when I think about NBA players, I was thinking about them when I was reading this. And he just said, like, they only train with people that are as good or better than them. And it's like, well, why would you do that? Like, you're constantly going to be uncomfortable. You're you're going to lose a lot. But it's in that place of being uncomfortable and losing a lot that you get better. You could apply that to leadership. You could apply. I think that principle kind of goes across the board. Like that sounds, that sounds great. But what we have to recognize uh, us and anyone listening is that if that's true, then that means growth requires courage and courage requires us to continue to move in the face of fear and being uncomfortable because we don't grow and we don't get better. Like if an NBA athlete, his training was going to the local YMCA and playing with the guys in his neighborhood. Like he, he's not going to get better because he's already better than everybody there. So he could probably play like half as good as he is and still win. Right. But if he's going to continue to improve, he's going to have to train with people that are better than him. And that takes courage. That takes courage because we tend, we tend to want to like, we tend to want to be comfortable, even if we don't think it like human beings gravitate towards comfort. And so when we feel uncomfortable, we go to where comfort is, but that's often not where growth is. And that's definitely not typically where courage is. Yeah. And it's about kind of, it it is, it's about adjusting our perception on the situations that we're in. Because if we, if you think about like someone who, if, if you feel like you struggle with courage or you're like, I wish I was more courageous, you have opportunities every day to practice this. It's about your perception because you probably put a bunch of effort into finding yourself in situations or putting yourself in situations or avoiding situations that require you to be courageous. That's a lot of effort. And it's about your perceptions. Like you're trying to avoid something or not not find yourself in situations where you have to, you know, either hold, hold to your principles and like make a stand where people might get upset with you. Um, so you're putting effort in already to decide what type of life you want to lead. So if you're looking at life, it's like, I just don't want to have conflict or I just don't, I don't want to have to have opportunities to fail. You're thinking about it already. It's not like you have to change uh, like your day in and day out life. It's changing your perspective and what you think, because that's the one thing that you can control. So it, it sounds really like silly, but you can move through being afraid to just having fear with logic. It's just like, what is actually going to happen? Preparing yourself for those things. If like, if you think about the things that you're most afraid of, the moments or encounters that you're most afraid of, an actionable thing to do is to play it through your mind logically, not just like, well, this will happen and that'll happen and catastrophizing. It's like, what's going to happen? If the worst thing happens, what, what would you do? Like go through that, those scenarios, writing those things out. And then you have a response for what the worst thing ha- would happen would be like realistically, like going to work and be like, well, you know, I could die at work. That's not realistic, man. Like let's like maybe, but like, 
What are the conflicts that you're afraid of? What are the conversations that you're afraid of? What are the, I guess, situations you're afraid you're, you're going to be put into? Think through those. Write them down. Like identify, like, how would I want to respond? How would the best version of myself respond to this? Or how would uh, someone who I respect and admire, how would they respond to it? And uh, what are those values and, I guess, reactions? Why do I value those? It's, it's the virtues behind choosing to be courageous is what motivates us. It's not like, well, I'm going to be courageous just because being like, you know, it looks better. Like, why do we want to do that? Because cur courage and being courageous is often, it's this like un this under, under the surface need or desire to be of service to someone else, to improve others, but also to improve yourself. So being courageous is, is a very, it's a very complicated, difficult thing, but it's something that we can practice every day, all the time. It's just changing our perspective at the beginning of those situations, right? Where we can feel like, I'm afraid all the time. And instead of being like, gosh, I hate being afraid. It's like, I'm afraid all the time. So I have moments of truth where I can choose to act courageous or not. And then when I don't, learn from it and keep improving because it's not like this, these moments aren't going away. Like it, you either get like, that's the thing. We have a choice every day to be courageous or not. It's not, that's never going to change. And you get used to, you like, you get used to what you do all the time. So you might as well practice being courageous today. Cause you know, the best time, like it's very, it's a very challenging thing. But the best time to address a hard challenge was a long time ago. The second best time is now. So don't get all upset about, you know, these are all the things in my past and I have these habits. Just just start now. You know, the thing I would end is you said growing, you know, courage is growing outside of yourself. It's 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 benefiting yourself and others. I think it's true. I think that what, one way to interpret that though is that we we want to we want to make sure that you know I, th I think depending on the personality of who's listening, someone could interpret that as well. If someone else is happy, or if someone else is okay, or if someone else is like comfortable, then I just need to have the courage to like not push or say anything. Or and I think I think oftentimes what cour courage does look like is being strong enough to stand up and say the hard thing, even if, um, even if you know that it's, um, even if you know that other people around you aren't going to like it. So it might, it might look like you're not serving people around you, but oftentimes, right. If we say a hard thing, because, because we believe it's going to be good for someone or it's going to lead to their growth or ultimately, you know, if it's like a moral issue or if it's a leadership issue or whatever, like somebody's not saying thing or somebody's allowing for subpar behavior. I don't know. There's a million examples we could think of, but like it takes courage to, to speak up in those moments um, where otherwise it would just be easy to be like, you know what? Everyone's okay. Why don't I just serve them? We, I, we can justify it. I'll just serve them by not saying anything. Oh, yeah. That's poof. Yeah, because I don't want to be a snitch or I want to be a good friend. And so we, we can justify like, I'll do what I believe is true and good, but I won't, 
I won't necessarily um, impose myself on them. And I think sometimes we can, we can believe that we're being noble and courageous by doing that. Yeah. So, oh man. So that just reminded me of one of my favorite, uh, my favorite people in history, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a young pastor and pre Nazi Germany. Um, so he's young Christian and he escaped right when Hitler came to power to America. When I can't remember if he was in his 20s, I think it was his mid early 20s. And so he's this German Christian, escaped German, like Nazis. And as soon as he landed in, in America, it just ate at him because he was, he was saying, like, I am safe and I could remain silent, but I am, he's letting go the opportunity to have a voice and to speak truth. He's like, I have no part in rebuilding a Christ, uh, Christianity in Germany if I don't go back and say something to the Germany that I love. And he's like put in this impossible situation where he's either, I either do everything I can so that my country loses this war so I can rebuild Christian faith in it, or I do nothing and then my nation destroys the world. So which one do I, which one do I choose? And to him, like, so he went back knowing, making this choice that he probably went back to, to the gallows to be killed, which he inevitably, he did because he was arrested and, and, uh, and hanged for an attempted assassination attempt on Adolf Hitler. And this was a guy who did tons of writing about what it meant to be in Christian community because he saw that there was in silence is weakness in silence silence against great evil isn't a good choice so like when we say like that that came up that came to mind when you were saying it's like well i should just you know everyone seems a little happy it'd be easier if i didn't say anything yeah it would be easier but it wouldn't be right and and, and another layer of intensity in that story is that the german church had already compromised had compromised their faith, the Christian church, the Lutheran church of Germany um, had compromised their faith to accommodate Nazism um, because I mean, under a lot of pressure, but, but they had accommodated Nazism and, and not pressed against. And so not only was Bonhoeffer going back to an unsafe environment to go against a regime that was openly killing dissenters, um, but the church of Germany was also a comp. So he could say, well, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. I'm going to be courageous by just doing what I believe is right here in America and not necessarily pressing against them. But to your point, yeah, he, he, he went into a very dire situation. Um, and ultimately, you know, gave up his life as a result. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, it's because being, man, being courageous is, it's more than just like, I'm going to look for opportunities to rock the boat. It's I'm looking for opportunities to do what's just in a situation. And depending on where you are in that situation, that means like, so for, for you and I, Wes, the just thing to do, if I am not doing what I should be doing is for you to point that out to me in our relationship and vice versa. Yeah, both ways. Yeah, absolutely. That means that we are on the 
that means that we are often on the opposite, on the wrong side of justice in situations, big or small, but often they're in small, small things. So it's, we have to be able to ask ourselves, how do we measure what is right and what is wrong? And the only way we're going to be able to do that consistently is if we have to think through it. We have like, cause if we can like, and this is where it becomes difficult for guys who are new to Christian faith. They're like, we've got this book with all these rules. So I'll just, you know, I'm just going to worship these rules and make them the most important thing. And then that'll keep me safe. But there's no courage in reading something and doing like reading it and not thinking about it. Because you have to think about like, why is it that I believe these things? Is this good for, is this good for my family? Is this good for my neighbors? And I believe that like living out Christian values is good for my family, is good for my neighbors. It requires courage to speak those things in love. Being courageous doesn't mean you're a jerk about what you say. It's not about going around like giving everybody demerits for all the mistakes they make. It's about holding yourself to those standards and working to hold other people to those standards too, in a way that is like, in a, in a way that can be heard. Cause again, like, just like we said, like we talked about at the beginning, the perception of a situation is a choice that you make. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You can't force people to think the same way you do. You can push people, but you can't force them in a really good way to make sure. Like, I know that like, if someone, I get really stubborn. If someone says like, well, you're wrong, you think wrong. This is like, how could you think that way? I'm of course going to like double down on whatever it is, even if I think it's wrong. So it's, it's how we communicate those things. So it's not about going around being reckless. It's, it's how do I, in a compassionate, loving way, stand my ground on what I believe is right and push people towards a more beautiful way of living. And that's why courage is beautiful and valued and needed desperately because it isn't just about my way or the highway. It's about self-sacrifice. It's like, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for something I believe in that's bigger than myself but it improves my life and it improves yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then.